Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages. This is episode four of Disc Heads, an amateur disc golf podcast. This is episode four, What is a Heiser? I am one of the co-hosts here on this podcast, on, of this podcast, uh, Lee <laughs> and May. I'm telling you, this episode is going to be very educational for you guys out there just starting off because I've had no... I've had no research in this at all this week. Last week or the previous episode, I did a ton of stuff with the numbers. This week, I'm coming in completely cold, probably like you guys as well out there. So expect a ton of good stuff from this podcast. Uh, on this podcast today, we have no Ben, unfortunately. Um, he's uh, a little bit busy this week, so um, we're going to see him on Sunday when we talk about on our next episode about some of the uh, golf fun shenanigans we had planned uh, to do for this episode. So we're going to move it back an episode. But um, I'm going to hand it off uh, to the main man with the plan, Dan, the main guy behind this podcast. There you go, Dan. Yeah, thank you, Lee. Um, yeah, welcome to week four. Um, I say week four, episode four, because we had to yeah, miss we, a week. Um, we took a week off. It was nice. Yeah. Um, life happens. Yeah, jobs, yeah. life, bills. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, so yeah, as Lee said, Ben's not with us this week. Um, he's going to be joining us again next week. Um, this week we're going to be... What have I got written down here? Sorry. A lot. <laughs> a lot. There's a lot in this episode. Yeah, so we're actually going to be discussing dislanguage, um, learning technique, how we improved our game. Um, we got a beginner tip and a disc of the week. But this week we actually went to travelling. Um, yeah. Mansfield. Mansfield. Um, yeah. Home of two disc golf courses. Yes. Um, play one in the morning, play one in the afternoon. Uh, Sherwood Pines and King George V. Um, set of in Mansfield, but we never actually went no. into Mansfield. We weren't in, we were we were around about Mansfield, I feel. That's the best way of putting <laughs> it, weren't it? We yeah. weren't in Mansfield. It was like the outskirts, wasn't it, a bit? Yeah. Um, so... Lee's going to discuss, give you a brief overview of uh, Sherwood Pines, and then I'm going to discuss King George V. Um, but before Lee goes on, a um, little tip. If you do decide to go to Sherwood Pines... Yes, here we go. <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to bring this up, I thought yeah. so. <laughs> Google where the car park is, because if you use Udisc and go to where that tells you to, you go down a, what is can only be described as a motocross. I think I think your brother <laughs> put it best as in when the guy the Essex boys got uh, you know the 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 infamous gangsters met their demise. I think that was like that's the best way of putting it. Yeah. Um it was it was like a rally course crossed with a motocross course course with literally w we're apocalyptically walking or, well, not walking, but driving into like the middle of nowhere. Although I was freaking out because, like, how beautiful Sherwood Pines is. I was literally like, it's like Endor from Star yeah, we Wars. Some Ewoks to I was, <laughs> I was, I was praying, I was praying for some Ewoks, but unfortunately, they're not real. But yeah, yeah it's Sherwood Pines is, I would say, for me personally, it's absolutely beautiful. I love that place. It was really, really pretty. Um, when we eventually found the course, because we're like we were saying, we we ended up parking on this crazy road, and it was like, I think you went and asked a guy. Didn't yeah, you? there was a lot of cyclists down this road. That um, I mean, we didn't know at the time. But I'd read that there was bike tracks there, but there were some huge there was a lot of yeah. big bike tracks there. So if you're a cyclist, it looked like a good place to go as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I went and asked the guy, and he like pointed me in the right direction of the golf course and said, 
15 minutes up that road, which was actually about 20 minutes. Um, oh, nice walk though. It was. Know. It was. It was really, really. It was a good warm up. Is the best way of describing it, I think. And then, then we got into the center of the park where this place. Um, when we looked at it, we we knew we were getting close because we saw the odd basket here and there, and it's a nine hole basket which. It's really, really nice. It's in the middle of the park, right next to the cafe. There's actually, you know, toilets available and stuff like that. So it's really, really nice if you wanted to make a day of it. What looked like an amazing kids play area. Gosh, as well. mate, that <laughs> thing, that thing. If you're a kid, geez, Louise, that's like where was that when I was Mount Rushmore? Yeah, like where is that when I was a kid? Um, and they looked like there was like like you were saying, there's loads of bike trails. There's like some sort of treasure hunts going on and stuff. There was literally so much going on this day. Uh, the one thing I, that caught me off guard, which I always laugh at, is footballing. Um, there was like football goals with pristine nets, and I literally lost my like Not my bleach white netting. Yeah, I no. was like, <laughs> you never see this anywhere. Like the nets are always haggard, but these were just well kept. But yeah, we went there, and it was very busy, which was quite nice to see. Lots of families and stuff like that, and it seems like a really good day out for anybody, not just disc golfers. And we got there and then it was nine holes and they all, most of them are, I want to say between 70 to 90 meters, I think. Yeah. About for distance between the tee pad and the holes uh, to the baskets. And honestly, I absolutely loved them because we were like, these are possibly like good. For, if we get a good throw, we might, you know, get a couple of possibly our first ever aces. I mean, I think, I think one of the others was actually 50-odd metres. You know? Yeah, I think the first one is 50 metres, I think, because that's the yeah. one that we were, like, licking our chops at a little bit. Yeah, when we read it. <laughs> when we read it, yeah. Um, but honestly, it was really good. I absolutely loved it because it was, when we were looking at it, and I was talking it, because this was the second time Rich, uh, your brother, came out with us as well, and it was really good to see because he starts to understand what we say now yeah. a little bit. You know, like, it seems, oh, it seems easy, but it's quite technical. Like, Sherwood Pines has some open open uh, holes, but it also has some holes enclosed with woods. So trees, yes, the the game of good tree bad tree came out uh, in our in 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 our rounds, but also at the same time it was a very challenging and technical course for a beginner and an amateur, and I think it's really really good just because of that because. Obviously, you can. Well, our our regular is Bedworth, and Bedworth is very open. There's a few there's a few holes I would say that uh you know there's fair amounts of trees by them, but this was very more technical. As in, what uh, discs should I use? Uh, is this the right kind of area I should throw putters from, etc. It was really asking those questions for us, like as a group. I think just going what disc selection is key here it wasn't like right on this hole i'm gonna throw my speed driver or you know a driver of some sort i actually need to throw a mid-range here i could actually throw my putter on this hole because i need that or lay up etc i absolutely loved it it was the first time i ever threw my berg around a bit as well and realized the berg is actually yeah i need to start throwing that a little bit more closer to the hole because yeah the berg is amazing i got yeah, it was really good. And I was like, I bought this for a reason. Not just because Ben... Well, Ben's not here to defend himself, so I can make a joke now. Ben put, put uh, kind of pushed me in the direction of getting a Berg. And I was like, sure, I'll get it. Because, yeah, why not? I'm a glutton for punishment, and I love spending money. And, yeah, I really rate the Berg. And the Berg on that, on, on that course especially is really good. And I think also, looking at it, it's 
a nice nine-hole course to learn your discs. As in, if you're not comfortable throwing discs, it's possibly a really nice course to go, I want to try and learn this disc and this disc. Let's go just throw those discs and see how it goes. Because I feel like you can have too many discs sometimes in your bag and you'll always go to certain discs and be like, I'm going to just throw that. Yeah, like you're saying, um, we're using different discs around Sherwood because we get so used to using the same disc in our bag. So like bed with hole six, I'll always select the eight because I can yep. always put it in the right place. You know, I know where yep. it's going to land. Yeah, and I think, I think it was ideal because honestly, like... It was just nice to have throw other discs that we don't normally throw. So like me uh, trying my premium Maestro again was fun because I love my original Maestro because I've beat that in and I know how that flies. But like like we were talking, we touched on it on the last episode was like it's a different plastic compared to what I've been throwing and still trying to figure that out. That was fun. Um, and it was just really good. It was also good to see you throw the sting really well. Like that yeah. was really cool to see. Like. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, um, like you say, th- th- there was a good mixture of shots. There were, I felt like the first handful of sh- holes were very tight. Um, if you had an open drive, which you didn't really have an open drive, there was always trees in the way of the baskets. So you had to think about both how you was releasing and how you was going to bend in the flight. Mm. And I don't think that you know, there were lines to take and try and go for that ace. Yeah. But there weren't clear lines yeah and then there were shots that were a bit further still in the foresty bit and that, that was quite nice because again and like you said a bit of disc selection the different holes presented me with different challenges yeah you know what disc do i actually go you pick out here and actually lending my brother a few discs so we had the buzz yeah and Tried the buzz that the buzz, was out huh? of my bag yeah and so i was using the zombie a bit more the straighter yeah. shots where you know I was actually saying you know, in another episode that I use a zombie to have that bit further than I do the buzz, buzz yeah. but I was having to use the zombie as a bit of a closer shot yeah. and that you know made me learn that disc a bit more yeah I think I think that's what it was and I think the, the other thing as well to take away from like Sherwood was is the fact that the court how the course is laid out and designed is really well I like it, the fact that you, know, you mentioned it was busy and it's roped off it's roped off and yeah, it was like, I'm trying to think. We didn't kill anyone. We had a few people stop and watch. That yeah. was awesome. You almost had your first ace. Yeah, I didn't know whether to talk about that this I week. Think, I don't know. <laughs> I think we got to because the worst thing that we always joke about this when we go out and play, when people come up to us and go like, do you have to get near it or in it? And then the odd comment, which I love, the, my favorite comment ever is like, oh, so that's what they're for. That's yeah. my favorite one. Like, yeah, like hmm. what, what did you think they were for? Yeah, I'm just curious. <laughs> and how, like we were saying, the course design, it's kind of in a giant semicircle of the park. So when you finish, you pretty much finish uh, down the bottom. And then uh, effectively, you just walk back up and you can either go for another nine if you wish. Or you do what we did uh, after a few. We just went, let's throw from this tee pad to this tee pad and just try out discs and just name name discs and just yeah, throw them. Yeah, it was them. quite enough for us to go one to two. And yeah, and it was and, and it was just a ton of fun. I would highly recommend it. I I really really enjoyed it. It's a great day out. Like we we honestly, looking at it, we could easily spend a day there. Like have a few 
hilarious rounds literally take a disposable barbie or just a picnic or whatever and then create your own holes if it's quiet or whatever because yeah. honestly it was just it was just really good and also i have a portable basket so i'm literally tempted to go when we go there i'll bring it so we can just make a really stupid long hole and just park it differently within the pines as well because there's probably areas around there you could do that as well so yeah. But yeah, the in-laws really like a walk. We, we yeah. tend, we do travel, and we go on walks down canals and stuff. And in fact, you know, they're just taking the kids to Cardiff, and they end up going on a couple of big walks. Um, so I actually thought the next time they plan a big walk, I'm gonna be saying, well, "Let's go to Sherwood Pines." Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yes. There's a nice place to walk, and we can get the discs out of the car, and I can show you a couple of you disc golf. And yeah, I honestly, it's I honestly think like it's just ideal for beginners as well because it's. It's real. The, the holes are not too long, so you can't no. feel like a bit defeated by going. How the heck is it? This how how many how many throws have I got to get it there to get it to make par, etc. It's actually just really nice, and um, yeah, it was just really good fun. I absolutely loved it. It was a great great beginning of a day, even with the hilarious uh, uh, <laughs> should we say dirt track uh, parking. <laughs> Thanks you disc. Uh, other than that. It was good. And I yeah. think, what were you saying? It was like a fiver for like all day parking or something? You were yeah, saying? I think it was like £3 for an hour, £4 for two hours, £5 for 24 hours. Yeah. So, so you uh, could be there for, for a long time. Um, yeah, I really, really liked it. And that was one of two courses that we went to, yeah. wasn't it, Dan? Yeah. Um, just going back to Sherwood. Um, yes. So um, you could actually rent discs. We didn't, oh, yeah. we didn't need to, so we just kind of ignored the fact that you could, but there yeah. were, we never looked at where or how much, but you can actually rent discs there. Or so. what discs? Yeah. That's wow, that could have been interesting, actually. <laughs> Maybe next time we need to go and just ask her, like, what discs do you have for rental? So we can re try before you buy. <laughs> um, Hopefully good ones. Yeah, that's no, definitely. Um, also, favourite hole? Oh, um, favourite hole? Uh, I'm trying to think. One, two, three. Either four or five. Yeah, you look at the longer ones. Yeah, the, the longer ones, just because it was really cool. Because like, oh, some of the holes were in a nice like how we how I would describe it is they did like an inner circle which was quite nice, uh, surrounded by stones and then like you know bark, tree bark and stuff yeah. like that, which was nice. But I do like I did really really like four and five because it it opened it up a little bit because the first three are quite short but challenging which is really good. But I think four was really cool because there was a lot of trees in the way. So you could see paths to get to the basket. Like, yeah, I could throw it this way. I could throw it that way. But again, disc selection was key. And then the other one was really fun uh, because it was exactly the same. But you could easily go there and go like, cool, it's a mando, uh, mandatory to throw between these two things or whatever. You could easily make up your own things on the courses, Yeah, which I think could easily make it more challenging as well if you wanted to go there and go anywhere this side of the basket is ob like you could literally add instead of just having them all as mainly par threes you can add a lot to it i think yeah, to make no, it definitely. quite competitive with your friends yeah my favorite holes were one, one or two i can't decide they were, they were mm. again very, very similar holes yeah um much shorter 50 odd meters um however you know like i was like, saying earlier like it wasn't exactly an open drive. You, you couldn't no. exactly lie. You know, there was there was trees on the just off the tee pad, so you had to think about you know where where your drive line was, and then there were t t trees around the basket as well. So you had to really think about your line. You know, yeah. it, it wasn't far, but it was a very very tight line. And um, first time round, 
I absolutely spooned it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but, you know, managed to pull it back and get a par, but the shot should be easily birdie, birdieable um, yeah. for the distance. However, they, they wasn't, and that's what surprised me, that they wasn't easily birdieable. You had to work for that. Yeah, birdie. you did. You had to, 100%. And I think I think that was the one thing as well I, I take for granted. Our unofficial putter of the podcast, so many of the, the things we were going to talk about, obviously, with this, this course and the other course, I just need to learn that disc. I was, I was, I think I was getting, was getting more a bit frustrated with it. I was getting more <laughs> frustrated with it just because the line's perfect, everything's there. I'm just not giving it enough umph. Yeah. And then I would literally stop, same place, throw the sensei, and it goes in. And I'm like, it's because of the weight, and that's exactly yeah. what it is. And it was just like, I know it's a slower disc. I know it's got more glide and all this other stuff. And it's just like, just got to get used to it. And that's one one thing. I, my takeaway from not just. Uh, Sherwood, but the other course we're going to talk about as well. So, yeah, yeah, it's it was good, and it was fun throwing putters for a change from like the tee pad and stuff like that. Because you <laughs> you you always see that a little bit as well when you see it on uh, YouTube. And if you ever do a <laughs> deep dive for people having just only putter rounds and stuff, uh, you'd love it. I know Ben would love it. Like literally, Ben yeah. would love that course just because it is. You could easily do putter onlys. You easily could. Yeah, he's had a week from hell, bless him, and he missed out on the golf as well. Yes. Yeah. Sad Pandas FC. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, second course was King George V. I presume that stands for fifth. Um, I preferred this course. Um, it was quite open. Um, had some holes that finished off in trees, and, but most majority of the drives were... Big open, big drops. open fairways. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd say, um, I'd say majority of the baskets were open. Yeah, um, yeah, I would. Yeah. As I say, there's a few that were amongst trees. Yeah. Um, by no means a forest. Um, no. Um, there were a few other obstacles such as bushes and stuff. Um, not so much in the fairway, but with the way that we were throwing in the wind, um, <laughs> the became, wind did become a factor. Yeah, they became obstacles for us. Um. I I don't know why I preferred this course to be honest with you. I, you know, okay. I, I, I have actually had a good think about it. Okay. Um, and I think it's just purely because it was a, a good mixture of big drives, mm. curves, dog legs, yeah, wooded, um, on the hills, below hills, down crevices. It it was a very good mixture of holes. Um. It's it's definitely not my favourite course that we've ever been to. No. Um, however, you know I really enjoyed it. Um, fiver to play. Yeah. Um, I believe you could rent discs again, but again we didn't we need didn't. to. No. Um, <laughs> it's a UK disc golf stronghold, so I'd be very surprised if it wasn't UK. Yeah, disc golf disc discs. discs. Yeah, so um, like your starter set probably would probably be in there, wouldn't they? I'd imagine that's probably. what they'd give yeah. you. Um, which would be quite fun on a summer's day to see a bunch of people throwing the um, Duke around. Duke, a.k.a. Skrillex. <laughs> <laughs> that disc. Oh, my gosh. The the wobble on that thing. Yeah, it's the ongoing joke in our group. Yeah. I think the only drawback with um, King George was the fact that it was 
joined with a pitch and putt course, mm-hmm. which I've got no problem with. Um, I've been to a couple now, and they've, they've got this set up. Um, some have got foot golf on as well, and mm. you know, all the better, you know, yeah. get more people out, get more people active. Um, however, and it might have just been our experience with the young, <laughs> and when I say young lads, we are talking about children here. Yeah. Um, that had drivers. Um, yes. On the green, <laughs> just smashing, <laughs> smashing <it>. balls <laughs> left, right, and centre. And that, and I'm, and we're not even kidding when we say Happy Gilmore, holy cow! These kids were swinging like if they connected, they would go miles. Like they were swinging these clubs like blooming samurai swords at these balls. There was a moment where you um, took a drive, and so you stepped up and you went to swing, and then I just heard ping, <laughs> and I just. St- <laughs> just dug for cover because I just didn't know where it was coming from because I was concentrating on you. you. Yeah. I didn't know where the ball was coming from, so I just panicked and yeah. raised my hands. Just like <laughs> that. Yeah, so golf balls are harder to see than discs. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. I think it was nice. Though. I have to admit, like, looking back on it as well, like, it's it's a gated area, so it's, it's a quite a big open space. Yeah, because that was quite a big part. It was nice. It was. It was a very it big part. It wasn't until we was on like hole 17, 18, when it started running up the back of the course. Yeah. And you could see through the fence to the part of the park we didn't see on yeah. upon entry. Mm. He was actually able to go, oh, this is actually quite a large park as well. Yeah, because obviously, like you said, it was shared with a pitch and put. And surprisingly enough, like... It was just really open and nice. Like, it's really cool. I think the one thing I, I would take away from it, which was quite funny for us as well, was the course layout was confusing a little bit on some of the holes. <laughs> like, we'd have to throw to a basket and then be like, cool, where's the next one? And it would either be next to it, that's very convenient, or, no, just walk back on yourself and across one, and there's the other one. And you're like, okay, that make uh, sure. It's not the most confusing uh, of courses, but obviously, if the, you've see, so the, so the word, like you say, there were holes where you could, could literally go. Well, I've just put it here. There's a tee pad right there. It's got to be that. It's got to be that, and it was that. Yeah. And then there were ho- other holes where you got you disc out and gone. It's all the way over. It's there. over there. <laughs> okay, sure. That that that's fine, I guess. But no, I think I I think it was I think, exactly I think it was what you're hole eleven and twelve where um, we had to we threw. And then we literally had to walk back on ourselves. Yeah, it was. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 11 and 12. Yeah, I think it was 11 and 12. But no, it was great. I agree with pretty much everything you said there, Dan. Like, it's... I, again, think it's perfect for... I wouldn't say it's perfect for a beginner like Sherwood is. I think Sherwood seems like... Because you've got smaller distances, I think that's fine. I feel like this one is more like... If you've gone to a few other courses, this might be another step up for you because it's a, a little bit more open. Um, it still is can be technical on some things, but I feel like if you went with a group of mates, you would not be disappointed at all. I yeah, don't yeah. think. No, yeah, agreed. Uh, I mean, it costs a fiver. Yeah, um, and it just to start. Um, so if you are a beginner, you got no discs, you're paying that fiver. Then you're renting your discs, and then you, then you're playing a yeah. a course that may not be suitable for a beginner. No. It, like you say, a beginner could play it. Um, a beginner would probably enjoy it, mm. um, but. Yeah, like you say, Sherwood, Sherwood was a better beginner's course. I think it would be, yeah. Um, just because just it's... I think it's because... I think the one thing looking at it as well is some uh, sometimes I think distance, everyone is always... Because that's always the thing, ain't it? Everyone's always worried about distance. Like distance, distance, distance in uh, disc golf. 
But I honestly think it's down to like, sure, you you'll you'll throw this hole and it might be like I don't know, like a par three, but you get it in six. But then you're like, cool, where did I go wrong? Okay, let's try it again. And then you see your number decrease over time. And I've seen that playing at Bedworth with me personally. Yeah. And it's and it's just that. If you're going there for fun and you want to try something out, sure. Like, it's no no biggie. You're not going to be like me, Ben, and, uh, and Dan here who play on the regular and go like, where can I improve? What did I do wrong? What disc do I need to destroy and replace, etc. and stuff like that. If you're going there for fun, I don't see... Sherwood or King George being a problem at all. Like, no, uh, you'll have a no. have fun. Just be aware of kids and people with pitch and putts, because that's the only one worry we had. Like there was a few people around as well who were playing, and like they they were miles away from us, so it was fine. But like when we started to pick up a bit of rhythm, like you, me, and Rich, we were like, we've just caught some people up, haven't we? So we just gotta just slow down a bit. But also, yeah, those kids were terrifying. Even with their parents apologising, saying sorry, guys, we we're like, sure, it's fine, we, we don't mind. We just had to just keep your head on a swivel a little bit <laughs> uh, <laughs> in the nicest way forward. Because, yeah, you could just go for a round of disc golf and then immediately go, yeah, I also walk away with a giant, you know, yeah. lump on the back of my head. <laughs> I think my takeaway from both courses, though, is that um, when when we played Sherwood and I first walked away, um, I say King George even, I first walked away, I, I thought I probably prefer this because if you was to hold a tournament you would be more likely to hold it at King George than you would Sherwood. Yes, Sherwood. yes. However, because some of the whole shared baskets, mm. you wouldn't hold a tournament at King George either. Yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah. So, again, I think they're both very beginner-friendly courses. Mm. But if you're, yeah, if you're looking for tournament-grade courses, then maybe not so much. But fun. But That's fun. the important thing. Yeah, fun. It's like, honestly, at the end of the day, it's you get into a hobby or a sport for different purposes. Obviously, we've 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 told you guys why we've started playing disc golf and why we enjoy it so much. So fun is the first thing for us. And, you know, yeah. the competitive element is going to eventually creep itself in. I think it's slowly creeping in week well, by I, week. I, after Richard beat me. I, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> there we I was like, I'll definitely up my game this week to say, no, I ain't having this. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it, though. I think that's uh, like with anything. It's gonna it's gonna creep in at some point, and it's um you know you you know you can throw a disc well, and when you've had a bad throw, you're like right, let's get yeah. let's smash it out. Forget forget that throw, get another one in, and that's like with any sport, normal golf or football or whatever, you know. Yeah. So so favorite hole from King George. Um, I want to go hole twelve, and we just mentioned that hole eleven and twelve. You we through 11 and mm -hmm. then we walk back to the tee pad which is right next to 11 to throw 12 and on the way to the tee pad um i was thinking to myself it's just the same hole why you know because the, the baskets weren't too far apart from yeah. when you stood at the basket and i was quite pleasantly shocked when i got to tee pad 12 because there was this little raised hill between the tee pad and the basket and you could still see the basket but you could see this hill just blocking yeah. probably about half the view off. Yep. And I've not seen that before. And it just, it was good because where was a tree, and mm. no one wants to hit a tree, but where was a tree, you're going to bounce off and yeah. hopefully in the right direction. You're not bouncing off a hill. Mm. Um, so trying to skim the top of that hill, because if you went too far high over the hill, you were going to clear the basket and put yourself yeah. in a predicament on the other side of the basket. 
you threw it too low, you're going to hit the hill and then have to put over a hill. Yeah. And it's that kind of noise. And it was, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed that. But, and I think mainly because I've not seen it anywhere else. Yeah. And I think that's, we were, we were yeah, because I think there was a fair few holes where the baskets, I think that's one thing we like probably about this as well, was the fact that the baskets were different heights. Like they were the same height of every basket as what we're talking about, but like their placement. So behind a hill, there on were, top of a hill. There this were a lot is, of crevices and yeah. hills and stuff. And it just made it way more challenging than being a flat put because you're like, right, I've land, my disc's landed there, so I'm above the basket now. I need to throw down. Oh, this is different. Or, oh yeah, the hill's in the way. Or half of half of me is on the hill and half of me isn't. So you're putting from different angles all the time, which was nice yeah. compared to what we're normally used to at Bedworth. Um, I don't know what hole it was. Dogleg, where I planted the Rockstar like pretty was it, much was it one of the later holes yeah one of the later holes is it yeah, 15 or 16 something like that it's round round the giant bush which we always firmly in it was yeah your brother was firmly in as well it was good i like that one just because it was oh, a the different one before so the yes. one where richard went in yeah when richard yeah. when we couldn't find his disc and then it was in the in the branches still yeah so that one that was potentially 14 yeah i think it was 14 maybe that one is nice just because it was a different option because normally when we play holes, we have a spotter most of the time. But that one, it was very deceiving because it went round and it looped. So we knew we had to throw it wide to cut it back in. And I knew I had a good drive. But then when we walked, started to walk round, the bush decided to get a bit bigger every single time we got closer to the hole. And we were like, okay, so we might be in trouble here. But I wasn't, which was nice. But I like that because it was different to other holes we've played. Because it is, we know where the basket is, but that, you throw the disc and pray that it goes in that direction. And then yep. you're just kind of like, I hope it's okay. And <laughs> then I'll go find it. And yeah, it was good. And um, yeah, there was a lot of holes like that, which was great. Um, it's just really fun. And again, it was like disc selection. And also I think because where we were at Sherwood, wind did not take a factor. And it was quite windy that day. Yeah. But we didn't feel that in Sherwood. When we got to King George, it changed another, yeah, yeah another it, another day. In Sherwood, because the whole seven, eight, nine are all open, aren't they? Yeah. It was when we were doing them that you, you, you could feel a, it. Felt a bit of a breeze, but like you say, when we got to King George, it was wind. Right. I've never seen, we, we all had throws where we saw our discs change multiple levels. Also, our discs, I think one of your brother's rollers blew my mind my roller blew my mind which it didn't want to stop my uh maestro just kept going on whole whole one just kept going and going and going your brother's one that went round twice that was insane <laughs> um like we were literally like why are our discs acting this crazy and honestly weather is a thing and that's like one thing we're still getting used to as well because yeah because that's also a factor when it comes to disc golf which you know we're still learning you know yeah. That's why we're amateurs and not pros. <laughs> and, you know, a lot a lot of that um, is the way that we're releasing our discs. Um, yeah. And you know, we've got to learn that a bit better so we can throw in the wind. So we're actually... Because, mm. you know, I've taken a mick a bit, but, you know, you saw me balancing my disc on my finger at Shorewood to gather which way the wind was blowing. Yeah. Um, but if if we did actually know how to throw a disc at the right angle and stuff, you know, that would actually be useful. No, probably easier, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which brings us nicely on to disc language. Um, so, 
let's start with a roller. We can start with a roller because we just mentioned rollers. Um, yes. Self-explanatory, really. Um, throwing your disc rolls. However, there's throwing your disc um, like a typical throw and it lands a bit funny and has a roll and it's all down to look. And then there's throwing a roller. Yeah. Um, you, you, when you first started, you mm-hmm. threw a lot of rollers. I did throw a lot of rollers. It was something that you mastered quite quickly. Um, well, mastered's probably not the right word. It was something that you got used, used to. Used to, quickly. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I still can't do it. I still can't throw a purpose roller. Yeah, um, I try and then just spaz off in the wrong direction. Yeah, I think honestly, it's like looking into this because I was looking in. Like I've said to to Ben and Dan that the next disc I want is I want a roller disc and I want to learn how to throw rollers because I feel sometimes you look at holes and how windy it is sometimes you're just like it's not going to get there but it could get there in a roller and from what I've learned from watching Dynamic Discs and Foundation Nation just loads of other YouTubers that you throw it at a certain angle so that it will leave your hand and then when it flies through the air and it lands on the ground it will then land at a certain point that the momentum it was going in the air continues on the ground. Yeah. And then it will just keep rolling and rolling and rolling. And because, as well, wind plays a factor when, funny enough, if, you're <laughs> if you've are if you all rode a bicycle, guys, you know exactly what balance is. Um, when the disc is balancing and just going straight, at some point, the wind will take it one way, the ground will take it one way. So you are throwing a risky shot. But also, at the same time, those shots pay off big. Like we had it, what? Just to just to throw in some cool tech here, the um the pro um uh, the pro tournaments are about to start playing, and they had their all star weekend, and everyone was throwing long drives, and it eventually the most controversial thing that came out of it from like watching it and listening to other podcasts this week was the fact that some of the guys that won they won with rollers, and they go oh. and the biggest thing they were saying was just like is that fair? You know, it's a shot and whatever, and then some people were like it's a shot though, it's a shot, and it's a, and also the thing is it's a skill competition. Let's be honest, um, all American sports have skill competitions. No one really wants to watch the skills comp sometimes, but. For me, as a beginner, it was awesome to see how they threw the discs, but also some of the other stuff they did, like accuracy con- uh, contests and stuff like that, was really cool for me to watch because I was like, I'm intrigued by this. How are they? How are they approaching this? And like how they talked about it as well. I was like, I know that terminology. That's really cool. I know that. It's not really, you know, beginner friendly if you if you don't know any keywords what we're going over right now. But yeah, rollers are really fun. I love them because they're either hit or miss. I yeah. should really start throwing them a little bit more, but I've moved away because I wanted to get used to the motion of throwing. And I feel like sometimes, I don't know if it's just me, but rolling is cheating. But again, it's the end. It's the shot. Oh, no, it's, it's a shot. Um, it's a shot. So I, you can I still think, take it. I think that's a good debate for another. It podcast. is, ain't it? Yeah. It is a good debate because you could have someone who's never played a game, can't throw it far, but the disc will roll and roll and roll. And it's still technically a shot. So you can't get angry at them. Yeah, because when, when you were talking about that, that's the first I've heard of that. Um, and I was just instantly thinking of, do you remember the volley free kick when they used to like, flip it up and yes. smash it? Yeah. The best type of free kick. And it got out. Uh, the Matt Letizia free out. kick. Yeah, oh. ruled out. Un- unreal. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, uh, uh, that's going to be a good debate for another Because honestly, like, you could throw like a, I don't know, like a 300 foot like 
drive, that's really cool. But then if you can do like a 500 foot roller, that's still pretty cool. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, anyway, you can get a disc down there. Exactly. I mean, I, if it benefited you, why not drop kick it? You just not yeah, you know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, it's true. So, um, yeah, rollers. So let, let's tackle the big words then. Um, yes. Highs up and highs up and flat. So the mistake I made very early on okay. was thinking that this was flight path. Um, I was watching the pros. I was watching YouTube videos, and people were launching their disc, and then the commentator would go and. Beth has just thrown an anizer. And I'm watching the flight path and thinking, oh, okay, is that bent, does that mean bent yeah. to the left, bent to the right? right. So that, that, was, that was the early mistake I made. But actually, it, we're not talking about the flight path. It's actually your throw. It's the way that it leaves the hand. Yeah. So It's like how you grip the disc and then the angle you have it at, isn't it? That's what it is effectively. Yeah. So looking at it from a right-hand backhand, right. um, a flat is exactly what it says on the tin. Um, you are throwing a disc absolutely perfectly flat. Yeah. Ideally, this is how you want to be throwing discs. Yeah. No, a 45 degree, like you're serving a piece, uh, like a piece of pie to someone. Like literally, that's exactly what you want to do. You want a Kung Lao hat throw. That's what you're aiming for. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know, it sounds cool throwing on Heiser and Anheiser because yep. that's something new to the sport. That's something very technical to the sport. But I suppose um, if you want to look at it from a different kind of, and I like to kind of say the word analogy, yeah. um, it'd be like learning a backhand smash in tennis. Oh, yeah, okay. it might be, might be really cool to be able to do one, but you don't need to do it on a regular. All the time. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, fair. Um, but a Heiser is... So again, backhand and backhand. Yeah, backhand throw. So we're coming at this right at a right-handed backhand, backhand yeah. stance, I was right? Backhand right-handed. It didn't sound right. Right-hand backhand. Yeah. Um, a hyzer is you release with the left side of the disc pointing down. Um, okay, so you're so you're gripping your so you're gripping your disc. So you've got it in a flat position. You just tilt it downwards. Yeah, the left left hand side. Right, so the left hand side. So it's going. So the back of the down. disc, if you're using my thought process, but left hand side, if you. Right, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, and an analyzer is the opposite. It's the left up. hand up. It's tilting so. up. Okay, that's interesting because I yeah I still don't understand those terminologies. Yeah. So that's like like I was saying at the beginning of the pod. Like yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. That's interesting. You can look at it the other way as well, like a hyzer was nose up and an hyzer was nose down. Yeah, okay. I'm literally doing this. It doesn't work on an audio podcast, but my hand <laughs> yes. is out and I'm just like tilting it left and right. So, oh, okay. Yeah, and it's as simple as that. Um, it's something that I thought was really complicated, but it's not simple No, it's as actually that. that it's in, yeah, that looks way more simple than what I thought it was. And when you release a disc like this, um, you've got to change your throw a bit. But okay you're getting different curves out of your discs. And you will probably find, um, if you record yourself, that you think you're throwing flat and actually you're probably already thrown on hyzer or an analyzer. Yeah, because of your grip. Because of your grip and because of your body and because of everything else and because right. you're not a pro disc golfer. Interesting. Okay. Mm. So. That's jump, cool. Jump I've just learned something, guys. I've just had a, like a light bulb <laughs> moment. That's amazing. So let's jump on some other words. Um, let's play a game, Lee. I'm going to say some words. I'm okay. to describe them in the shortest sentence. Shortest you can. sentence, okay. A spit out. 
Okay. Um, your disc travels to the basket. It hits the chains. Looks like it's going to go in. And it actually spits out of the basket. Yeah. Yes. Come on. Get in. <laughs> I'll take that. Um, in a circle. Okay. Um, there are multiple different circles when it comes to disc golf near the basket. Inner circle is, I want to say, 20 to 10 meters to the basket. I thought it was 10 meters. Is it 10? Yeah. Okay, so it might be 10 then. Yeah, because that's close. Yeah, I'm assuming it's the closest then, if it's, it's inner circle. I think it's feet as well. Okay. I, metric <laughs> system for us is so stupid. Like, I love it so, when it goes like... I say this, but I do need to check it out. In my head, it was 10 foot from the basket is inner yeah. circle. I'm assuming it's park, like your park job like, next yeah. to the thing. Like yeah. you're literally like really close that's inner circle to me yeah. i think it's 10 like 10 foot or whatever it is because that's yeah. what i'm trying to remember now the tournament we went to as well everything's coming back kind of i think that's right yeah i don't think that circle was 10 meters away no um I, I, i'm pretty sure it's 10 foot for inner circle 20 foot for outer circle yeah that makes sense let's go with that yeah maybe google we'll find <laughs> out um jump up Jump putt. Um, right. So there's loads of different stances for putting, but a jump putt is when you when you release the disc for your putt, you actually follow it with a step, and that is technically what they call a jump putt. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Um, tomahawk. Oh, love a tomahawk. Okay. Tomahawk is a throw where if you're in the shrubbery or the bush and there's no way physically out, you aim directly up in the sky, and you throw your disc like you're throwing a ball, completely like a madman, up into the sky, and praying that it gets to out of the bush, and also back onto the fairway. Love yeah. that. Love a tomahawk. We threw a few tomahawks over the weekend. I loved it. I love my tomahawk. I kind of agree with that. Um... And I have heard the tomahawk terminology used in pro disc golf, um, and used you know used by commentators and stuff. Yeah. However, we have also referred to it as a grenade. Yes. Um, now I always refer to the tomahawk as if I'm throwing it almost straight. Okay. So if I'm throwing it like a tomahawk, like an axe, like if yeah, there's yeah. a gap through a tree. Okay. And I can't throw it backhand or forehand and I'm just literally throwing it like an axe through this gap yeah. to get myself back on a fairway. I would consider that a tomahawk and the one that you described as a grenade. Yeah, a grenade is very interesting because a grenade, there's a guy who does it really well who you and me both love. Yeah. Very much. Kevin Jones. Shout out to Kevin Jones. If he ever hears this podcast, fantastic. Kevin, you're an absolute legend. Love you also. Although if you did throw a grenade, you wouldn't want to throw it like that. Mate, how he throws his grenades is crazy. So his grip's absolutely bizarre, but he basically throws it like kind of like an under underarm throw. So you know how if you're already looking into disc golf, guys, how we're supposed to throw it like backhand or forehand, 45 degrees. He literally runs up to the tee pad and just launches it like underarm as far as you can go. Like you're just going to like caber toss the thing if you wanted to go like <laughs> Scottish Highland uh, sports or whatever and it just goes and you don't know where the disc is going to land sometimes I don't think but it's absolutely mad I absolutely love a grenade throw I feel like that's probably that a grenade and a tomahawk are very similar I think yeah I think they are so some terms that we use um, okay and I don't know what approach terms for these would be okay so we use the term grass trimmer yes a very low shot 
yeah, that just stays above the, the grass a little bit. So it's like hovering. So kind of like if you ever see like a hilarious UFO, like how they hover in the air or just below the sky, uh, like just below like the city or whatever. We love it where it's just the ground and the disc is like probably, I don't know, like four or five inches off the ground and it just goes like yeah. a grass trimmer. Love that. It's a great shot. Um, a bushwhacker. Bushwhacker. Uh, <laughs> right. Goes in a bush and you get lost. Like literally <laughs> we throw it, it goes into a bush or goes into a tree, goes into somewhere and it basically... Yep, I'm gonna go bushwhacking him. That's that's what our terminology. You spend ten minutes crawling through thorn bushes and literally trying to find it. Yeah, and then somebody goes, "It's in the tree." It's in the tree. It's, yeah, <laughs> love that. Love a good bushwhacker shot. It's great. That's but that's the part of the fun with disc golf as well. When you when you guys play, if you ever play, listen to this podcast, you'll understand that trees and bushes are your friends and not your friends at the same time. Yeah, going on a little adventure to find yeah. a disc. Hundred percent part of the game. It is. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, let's move swiftly on. Um, learning technique. Yes. Um, so there's a couple of ways you can learn technique. Really, um, YouTube. Yep. Um, there's a lot of great places out there. You can go onto YouTube and yeah, watch people learn how to throw a hundred feet more than you could last week and. Some of it's nonsense. Some of it is, I would say, yes. But well, I also think it's, I think it's kind of like YouTube is a dangerous place because yeah. you can kind of Frankenstein monster like your own throwing technique, taking bits and bobs from everybody else because people say certain words that mean something completely different to what other people say. And... I think I think with me it was like it is a minefield because yeah. the first most of the stuff you watch you're kind of like oh I just watched a video where this guy did this okay I'll go out and throw a disc oh that worked and then you go out watch another video and the guy says well if you actually changed it like this you're like oh okay and you either throw it further or you throw it exactly the same and you're like hmm interesting yeah. so and it's I honestly down to you I think as an individual yeah. I also watched a video where I said um, don't keep throwing because what you're going to do is get yourself stuck into bad habits. So yes. it's going to be harder to improve your throw. And I kind of sat back and thought about that one. And I thought, that's that's got to be the biggest load of nonsense I've ever heard. Because I know how my body works. Mm. I know that... I, and I suppose like we were talking about the roller a minute ago. Mm. If I can learn how to throw 400 feet, which you know would be a, a dream. Yeah. But if I could learn how to throw four hundred feet, and I wasn't using Paul McBeth's technique, what does it matter? Yeah, you've done it your own way. Yeah, I feel, I feel like it's very different when it comes to like us as amateurs and pros. Like, brilliant, brilliant synopsis for me. If we're going to bring in pros into it, all the pros have a specific way of putting. Yep. There's a guy out there currently getting a lot of heat because he's getting sued by his old disc company. Gannon Burr. Gannon Burr is a 17-year-old guy who's just left Prodigy Discs uh, getting sued by him. Hope it all works out for you, Gannon. Um, but he throws a different style of put. So how yeah. you're supposed to put, or what people have taught you to put, is you can either do it standing or whatever and does. He throws from the hip, from the left side hip, and gets them in. Yeah. And a few, I've heard a few people, when I've watched him play, say, 
in the next couple of years, people are going to learn his technique. He has brought in a new technique of putting, and they're going to call it the Gannon way, and some people have already started doing it. But they're going to say in the next few years, people are going to start practicing that, and that will be the way to put. Yeah. So you can literally do anything, if you wish. You could do any kind of throw or any kind of style and basically make it your own. And if it works for you, it works for you. Yeah. But I think a, a lot we, like we've said it before as well, like, um, yeah, okay, our drives aren't the biggest drives. You know, mm. They're getting there. You yeah. Know, they're, they're 200 plus foot. You yeah. Know, they are getting there. Um, but when we were down Quarry Park and we noticed that the guys that were driving big had no finishing game. No. We noticed some of this in the tournament as well. And we've seen it in other places where... Some people who have you know, spend all their time working on these big drives have no finishing game, and you know that's because they spend time learning their drive, where we spent time learning our putting and our yeah, mid range and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So yeah, it's what works for you, really. I think yeah, and and I can I can just sing the praises of a few people. Like I can tell you now that uh, Latitude sixty four, their YouTube channel is phenomenal. Not just because I yeah. want to support Europe European stuff, like. One of the guys there literally is an amateur and there's a fair few people who are in the Hall of Fame for disc golf and also pro disc golfers and he goes out and plays with them and basically he went through the process of I've never thrown a disc before to where he is now and you can literally see his progression as a good uh, as as he's progressing and it's really cool like some of their tutorial levels how to throw discs as well have been really helpful for me like i've loved them and it's also they bring a lot of humor to it because i feel like sometimes some of the instructional videos it's like you need to do this and then this and it will work like this wicked (laughs) and that's fine for some people (laughs) but when you see it and they add a little bit of humor into it going like the pro would do the throw and then he would take everything he learned throw it and then it just like the music would cut and he'd be like so I don't know what I've done wrong there. And like just, you know, adding that interject of humor is like, he is us. And it makes a lot of sense. So yeah, Latitude 64. Check them out, guys. Really, really good. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch a lot of them as well. It's funny um, as hell as well. Yeah. And great discs. I need to get a disc of theirs at some point. Well, we do. We have the river. We, you and me have a river. I'm sure the Saints Latitude as well. Oh, yes. You have you are, you own multiple now then. Yeah. Ben, ben has, well, our other friend Ben, who got into disc golf recently, he's got a... Starter set from them as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has. Yeah, Latitude sixty four. Check. I would highly recommend if you want to see what disc golf's all about in a great way and also a humorous way. Check them out. Obviously, there's the usual suspects such as Jomez. Like literally, if you wanted to go see pros play, etc., and some of the fun stuff like they've done recently, which was the putting challenge. That was insane fun. Like literally, the world's best players putting in like breweries theme parks, malls, you name it, doing crazy puts from silly distances and just loads of other fun stuff. And literally you go like, oh, disc golf's not just this, this, and this. It's actually a ton of fun. Yeah. But yeah, so, yeah, yeah form. Um, practice. Yeah, lots, practice. Lots of practice. As much practice as you can get. Um, yeah. You'll pick up on film things. Um, something that we did this week for the first time, um, we kept saying over and over again we would go, we was going to do it. Um, it's something that's been preached to us through the YouTube videos, but filming yourself. Yes. Um, and, um, yeah, film yourself. See, be able to see what you're doing because if you're doing something different in your head to what you're doing on film, yep. you'll be able to correct that. 100%. I knew exactly what I was doing wrong. And I even called it every single time while I was doing wrong. And it's releasing far, far too late. Far too late. I just love holding onto the disc way too much. 
That's my issue. Disc release at the moment. I noticed on mine, and mine's very brief. Richard didn't do a great job at filming me on the <laughs> teapad. Um, but my foot is not where it should be. My foot is actually pointing at... Front foot angle, or back foot? My front foot. Okay. So it's not pointing at the basket. Right. It's pointing off to the left somewhere. Okay. So I find that quite interesting because I always thought I put it flat yeah. to the basket. And it's okay. not. Is that a diagonal right. off to the left? Okay. So it, yeah, interesting. definitely film yourself. Yeah, I feel like that. It seems weird. Like I've... I'm going to do it now, but like I look like a nutter anyway when I roll, walk up to a park with a portable basket, set it up in the middle of a field, walk all the way, walk a decent distance away and just go, right, throw putters at this, throw, di- throw distance drivers at this, throw mid-rangers at this, and then just rinse and repeat for like an hour and a half. But it's good. Honestly, I know yeah. it's like you were saying, it's just practice your motion. And also, like we were talking about in the previous weeks, like learning your discs, like... One that I love and hate at the moment is the river, just because it's supposed to be... It, like, the idea for this is it's like a river. It's supposed to keep going and going and going. And the best thing about this desk does, it does keep going and going and going. So if you throw it wrong, <laughs> it's going to go in the wrong direction for a very long time. Oh, but if you throw dear. it right, it goes in the right direction for ve- for a very, very long time. I had time. some fun with the river around King George this week. Yeah. Like, honestly, I think, like, I love I love the fact that we we can look back and laugh at some of the stuff we we've, we've thrown, and we know what discs we're good with, so we don't have to worry about that. It's just the other things in your bag, like. But I think that's with normal golf as well, where you go like, oh, I should really hit this iron here, or I should really hit a hybrid or whatever here, but I'm just not comfortable hitting that. I'll hit the the club that I know how to hit. So maybe I'm just gonna you know, not get the distance I want out of this shot, but I know at least it'll be close-ish so I can then do something a little bit better. So, yeah. But yeah. So what you what would you say is the number one technique that you've picked up over? So we started in October time and so it's been about three, four months. Um, what would you say is the one technique that you've picked up over them four months that has drastically improved your game? Hips. Yeah. And I say that because... Honestly, um, probably the first month or so I was just throwing with my arm and then watching over and over again and other YouTube tutorials. The amount of power, funny enough, that you can generate with your hips and then transfer. This sound weird, it sounds weird explaining it. Transferring from your hips to your arm in one smooth motion to get distance and accuracy is phenomenal. Like, it's weird. Yeah. It's, a weird it's a weird science. But it just works. Power, generating power from the hips, and and funny enough, when you're doing the run up, putting your all your weight on your back leg to then shift that through your hips, so you're transferring all your weight from one side all the way through your body to where you're going to let go with the disc, makes such a difference. Like literally, I remember I've, when I when I did that after watching the Latitude 64 video and just went out to. To, uh, I think it was Clarendon Park, and just basically was like, right, let's put all this in standing. Okay, cool. I can feel the transfer. Just throwing putters, just getting used to it. Then I did it with the Rockstar, and just immediately went, holy sh! That's gone. That's that's yeah. impressive. Uh, it might have been windy. I would probably throw that, but like also at the same time, I was like, I felt a difference in that, and then it came more and more like that. Yeah, there was there was this week where because um, to begin with you weren't driving as well. I mean, of all 
I was out driving Ben at the time. Yeah. Um, but you wasn't even close to Ben. Um, yeah. And then this week, you put in the chat that you'd watched his video and it all clicked and all made sense. Yeah. And that Sunday you came and you was driving to my level. Yeah. Um, and Ben is also driving. So yeah. we're all on about the same path yeah. at the moment. We're all, we? we're all, I think the best thing about disc golf as well is that we'll always, we'll always preach this is it's constantly improving your game. And like we, yeah. we've talked about it as well. We are our own biggest cheerleaders because we will say, what did I do wrong? What did I, and then we know what we've done wrong, but then, we will also come alongside and also go like you've you did you threw it well but that's what you did wrong for it and then they would literally do you'd throw it again and it would work and you're like that's exactly what went wrong and i think that's the one thing when if you do disc golf on your own it's harder to spot but if you go out with your mates and you're very honest and open about stuff you can constantly improve and i think that's one thing we're really good at and there are times we could just cry with laughter like when their disc ends up behind the tee pad. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. They, yes. You, they, can. They, you don't just you don't tell them what they've done wrong. They know what they've done no, wrong. No, you just laugh. You can't you can't <laughs> help but laugh. Like uh, God knows how many times I'm going like guys, I'm gonna avoid that tree. And you hit the tree directly in front of you and go like, Oh, for flump's sake, why did I do <laughs> you I'll, know? I love it when we go, laugh. Do you know what I'm gonna aim for that tree and then it hits the tree we aimed at and, yeah. <laughs> and it's perfect. <laughs> honestly. But yeah, um hips. Hips is very key. Um, and not just me personally with uh, my weight and everything that I'm working towards as, as a personal goal for mine. Um, shout out to my gym. Uh, I've had a no, few... No, shout out to you, Lee. You've done really well. Thanks, well. man. And and basically, I've got like a... I've even told the guys I have a disc workout, um, disc golf workout where, yeah, it seems a bit weird, but also at the same time, it is working. Like throwing medicine balls at a trampoline and having rotation and understanding that and breaking down my throw has been really interesting and, yeah. and doing exercises that I know I need to do because of disc golf is quite interesting. your core muscles. Heck yeah. yeah. Like so. your core is key people. Like no wonder they call <laughs> it a core. It's insane. But yeah, hips, hips, just everything comes from the hips is, you know, just play the freaking happy Gilmore clip. It's all in the hips. Yeah. It's all in the hips. It's all in the hips. Get off of me. He's just easing the tension, baby. It's true. It's all, it's in, all the in the hips. hips. It's true. Um, for me, it was tip of the whip. Yes. So I, w I watched a video that described tip of the whip, and I thought I understood it. Um, I understood the logic behind it, mm. and I thought I understood how to throw and get the tip of the whip, and it didn't quite come together. And then I watched another video where somebody talked about the towel drill and flicking the towel. Yeah. And now if I want to throw a disc straight. Yeah. With no curve, no nothing. I just stand at the tee pad and I think to myself, just flip, just flick the towel. Yeah. And I actually sometimes do the motion a couple of times. Just yeah. flick the towel and just get my wrist ready to just get that proper cracking whip. I knew when I was chasing people around and changing rooms <laughs> when I was a kid, just like <laughs> whipping them, that that would come in handy one day. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's the one thing we can take away from disc golf. If you can towel whip someone, funny enough, it works well <laughs> throwing discs. Yeah. Um, but it's one of my biggest um, drills. So if I'm at home and... Um, I'm making a cup of tea. Mm. Um, you know, I'll be in the kitchen and I'll just yeah, whip the towel. Whip towel yeah. um, I'll be taking the step and just whipping it like I was actually throwing a disc. Yep. And for me, that was that was that was the moment when things started to click. Yeah. Um, 
So there are some other things. There are some other bits. Um, yeah. And that, uh, that's improved my game. Learning about flight path, learning about numbers, learning yeah. about um, how I'm releasing. And I'm sure if Ben was here, he, he would talk about the fact that his biggest thing was relearn- learning how to twist his wrist. Yeah. So he's now throwing in his head with his nose down. Yeah. But actually, the way the disc is coming out, to me, looks straight. Yeah. Um, but we've also seen that recently with Ben. Ben wouldn't mind us saying this as well on a podcast. Um, with some of Ben's throws as well, you could tell that were dead straight, but it was way too nose down because it would go straight. Like the Passion, for example, like a few throws he's had where it's gone, that's gone dead straight, but it's just kind of done, terminology words, grass trimmer shot, and then basically stopped and like skidded yeah. forward, hasn't it? And it's he knows if he tilted that up and he released a little bit higher, that would have been dead straight. Yeah, like yeah, that's it, and yeah, passion. He's got too many cheat discs in his bag, like the Archer, freaking Passion, like literally. <laughs> ben Ben has got some like cheat code discs. Honestly, it's so good. Um, yeah, which actually brings us on to beginner tip of the week. Um, don't try and do everything all at once. Mm. Um, no, we. We've just spoke there about tip of the whip and using the hips. And um, when I was learning tip of the whip, I was also learning um, how would you describe it? You're doing a seatbelt motion to throw your arm back. Yeah, so your back arm is supposed to be like you're driving it into the ground, like you're aggressively putting a seatbelt in or punching the ground or loads of different like terminologies, terminologies people yeah. I use. think it was punching the ground that I looked yeah. at at the time. Yeah. So I'm trying to throw punching the ground in. I'm trying to do the tip of the whip. And for some reason, I thought, do you know what this needs? Cross step. And That's the biggest killer. Yeah. And it, 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 I was throwing my discs all over the place. I was tripping over myself. I probably threw three or four like that. And I was just like, do you know what? Let's, let's cut the cross step out. Yeah. Three or four more discs. Do you know what? Let's take the punching of the ground out. Mm. Let's just concentrate on the tip of the whip. I've now mastered the tip of the whip, so now I am thinking more about where my head movement is and my yeah. shoulder placement and punching the ground. And you know, I'm, I'm able to add this new thing to my game because I've now learnt the old thing, so it's become second nature. Yeah, and and we talk about it all the time. Like on the last couple of episodes, with our with everything that comes with it, like your swing has probably got like eight, nine different things going on at the time. And if you're new, and this is all new to you as well, it's like trying to remember those nine things at once can come to some people naturally. For most people, though, it won't work out well for you because you're like, right, I didn't have what went wrong with this bit. Oh, everything else was fine. And especially this is when we talk about filming yourself as well. You get to see like what you did and you're like, cool, that was right. That was that's where it was wrong. My head was not in this place or my elbow wasn't here. And like you start to tweak it. But it is, I think maybe you just need to just concentrate on one thing at a time and then eventually progressively add them together. But honestly, I think if you pick out one thing, work on that. And then if you've mastered that or you can understand that, then add something to it. Like we stated earlier as well, there's loads of channels out there that can really help your form. Like, what is it? Um, There's a guy who works for Foundation, Robbie something i forget his name it's probably coming on the screen on youtube sorry people who listen to this on podbean 
Um, but Robbie does a really good breakdown of everything and he teaches as well. So he, he comes at it from not just a teacher's perspective, but also from himself and working with others as well. And he, he, he his terminology is really, really simple as well. And he interjects humor as well, because I think yeah. that's one thing that's quite key is you need to put some humor in some things. And um, yeah, little by little, just keep adding. Because normally it's like five ways to improve. And you're like, five isn't that bad. Put those five together. You're probably going to get three right. Maybe two of them are going to be wrong. And you like, might fall over. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's how it happens. And... Um, yeah. Do you know what? Whilst we've been having this discussion, I've got this horrible feeling that this might have been week one's beginner tip. So I will double check this. Yes. And if it is, we'll do double beginner tip next week. Double beginner tip. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine with me. So one thing I know that we've not spoke about before, well, okay. I know I've not spoke about before, is this week's Disc of the Week. Yes, Disc of the Week. So... Um, do you want to go first, Lee? Yeah, you know, I'm going to get you disc out because I forget the flight path of this thing, but this thing kills trees. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> and that is not a joke. The branch that I cut off with this thing is still in my bag. I say you took his uh, reward. I trophy. did. You know, I basically make the joke of that. Um, when I go to Gillies, I feel like I'm in the Predator movie. Yeah, I was a Predator that day. I felt great. So, um, Funny enough, uh, our unofficial putter of the podcast, um, the Banger GT, a.k.a. Uh, the best putter everyone should use. Turn it up! was interesting. Turn it up! Just because for us it's funny when you throw it in, you go, oh, what a banger. Um, we're going with uh, more uh, Discraft stuff. So funny enough, Shout outs to you guys. Um, we're going to go with the Raptor. Now, when I threw this in the tournament, the first thing a lot of people said was, mate, that is a beefy disc. And I didn't understand what they meant by that until reading some online reviews. And then I realized why they, why they mean by it, because it's not your average nine-speed disc. So this is a distance driver. Now, the only other distance driver I throw and try to throw and throw poorly is the destroyer um and that's a 13 speed i can't throw with a 13 speed so i wanted to get a disc that literally was a bit more aggressive than the rockstar and somewhere in the middle between the destroyer which i'll eventually throw um Funny enough, uh, I was looking around and I'm a sucker for names and artwork and stuff like that. <laughs> and I was like, I just want a nine speed. I think I'm throwing an eight speed well. Um, eventually, I will go to a 10, etc. and whatever. And I've uh, my my um, my bag's already going to be full because I already know what I'm going to be throwing because I've already stated that I'm going to go for disc mania and I'm going to go with like the majesty, the astronaut and those stuff because I'm a sucker for artwork. So, what it basically comes down to, guys, when we're talking about how great uh, this disc is, or how I personally think, the Raptor is a Speed 9, Glide 4, 0 turn, and 3 fade. So, when I throw this disc, I know it's going to be a bit of a beefcake because it's going to go, because it's, it's supposed to be a distance driver. The kicker with this is, because it has a fade of 3, I know it's going to finish hard left. And when I mean hard, I mean like I'm dropping a mortar shell 
on <laughs> on somebody and I know it's going to fall hard. Yeah, it hooks real bad. It, it does. Yeah. It hooks. But it that works out for, for me because if I know I've got to work on a, say, Bedworth, for example, if I know I've got to throw it quite wide to come back on itself, I'm like, this is a shot for the Raptor. I know exactly what it's going to do. It's going to fly. It's going to get there. But then it's also going to go, oh, yeah, I need to start fading left hard. And it literally looks like it. Sometimes how I throw it, it literally looks like a U-turn sometimes when it comes down. <laughs> it's just like handbrake turn left. But I really do like how the Raptor feels in my hand. It just feels great. Uh, compared to the compared to my um, uh, Rockstar, when you when you ever have a feel of discs and how they talk about like how it's domed or flat, etc. This was one of the first ever flat discs I owned other than obviously the Destroyer, but I never really threw the Destroyer. I think I threw the Destroyer twice before really getting the Raptor. Yeah, you're getting better with a Destroyer now. I know I am. That's 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 because of Jim and also arm speed and generating that arm speed. But for me, I was like, I wanted something that is an upgrade from the Rockstar. And the Raptor was perfect. Um, and sure it doesn't work all the time but when i it's like for me it's a technical disc because i'll always throw the rockstar because that's my driver like my plan originally was i'm just going to get that as my main driver i know it's going to be eventually put in my bag as just a fairway driver and i'll be like that was the first disc that i learned how to become a driver with but it'll be trusty and always be there unless i throw it in a river or lose it or it gets stolen or whatever I think I've got a certain discs that'll end up on my wall. And I think yeah. Rock, I think Rockstar might be one of them discs for you that yeah, one day might just end up on your yeah, wall. Just or... be like, oh, that's where it all began. I'm pretty positive. Whatever I throw my first ace with, I'm not throwing again. I'm going to just put that yeah. on the wall for sure. I do mean the wall of my man cave. I don't think Leanna let me have a disc on the wall of my I don't know. If you, you, could, uh, <laughs> you, could, you could pull it off. I'm not so sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, the Raptor. I really, I would, I would recommend it. It's not for everybody. I can tell you that for a fact. It's a very, you know, reading online. It's a very controversial disc. Um, if you don't know me, I'm, I'm a huge Jurassic Park fan. So at some point, I would love to put a Raptor on it or something and make it look cool. And yeah, the Raptor, how it's spout on there and how it looks, it's just, it looks sick. And also, just because. I'm for my bag. I'm always like, I want different colors, so I know what distance it is and what disc it is. You know, Toxic Green was the best name for a green ever. And I was like, I don't own a green disc. Yes. And um, also, when it gets really dark, you can still see it. So technically, it's a cheeky glow disc as well. So yeah, the Raptor. I would recommend it. Uh, I would personally recommend it. It's not for everyone. I can tell you that for a fact. But um, for an upgrade from for what I wanted, um, it's it does exactly what it is. But obviously, with I know it fading and finishing hard to the left, learning what an Anheuser and a normal Heiser is or whatever we talked about earlier, maybe I just have to start throwing them in that certain ways to counteract that to make sure it can go straight, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, I love the Raptor. It's a great little disc. Well done, Discraft. Mm. Thanks for taking my money. <laughs> <laughs> um, before I introduce my disc of the week, okay. because th- there's something I've always wanted to do with a microphone in my hand. And I think for our podcast audience, for you, you'll understand it straight away. Oh, 100%. Um, for our podcast audience, it's worth me explaining that <laughs> all of my discs have got their own little intro theme. They don't come out of my bag and I'll just go, oh, I'm going to throw the Sting or I'm going to throw the Zeus. Yes. <laughs> They've all got their own little intro. 
Um, it's true. I think I think mine is whenever I'm going to throw the rock star, I'm like, hey, hey, I'm going to throw my rock star. Yeah, which definitely. gets everyone laughing immediately. <laughs> I can't take a zombie out of the bag without singing zombie, zombie. zombie. <laughs> um, Every so, time. So my disc of the week, and as I say, I've always dreamt of doing this with a microphone in my hand, but it's Sting! Yes. Absolutely love this. Well, say absolutely love this. That's not actually technically true. I've fallen in love with this. You've fallen in love with it. (laughs) Yes. Um, So, Sting was a disc I got for Christmas. Um, I believe my wife got it me. Um, I think. She... um, Fit quite nicely in my bag. Um, I got a zombie for Christmas as well, uh, which was a six. And Stink was no, I didn't get a zombie for Christmas. I bought a zombie myself. You bought the zombie yourself because I went on a spending spree. It was Zeus. I have Zeus. that. I have that effect on people. Effectively, you guys all know. <laughs> I went. That was the day I bought. Yeah, because I lost. I, I had to get a cax because I lost my magician, and then I also bought the zero, which was a regretful disc that I ever bought. Um, and then you bought the zombie because you had your eye on the zombie, didn't you? So. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Sting. Um, Sting is a speed seven, glide five, turn minus two, fade one. Yep. Um, good. I wanted to throw it as something a bit... Uh, we spoke before. Um, the buzz is my nice mid-range straight flyer. Yeah. If I have to throw the buzz too hard, I'd go to the zombie. Um, and I wanted it... F- to go to the next level. I wanted to see if I throw my zombie too hard, I'll just pick up the sting. And it's just never worked. It's never worked like that. Um, <laughs> I thrown, I tried throwing the sting straight, didn't work. Tried throwing it with a big curve, a big hook, didn't work. This week, playing particularly Sherwood with a shorter course, I decided to take the sting out of my bag. Um, It was our our second round, weren't it? Because we all said we were going to try something. So your brother was going to try the buzz. I was going to try the berg. And you were going to try the sting. So we immediately said, we're just going to throw these. If we put with them, we put with them. But we want to just throw and get used to them. Yeah. So I decided that with it being a short course, I was going to play the best hand I know. Little backhand. Little tiny flicks. No run-ups. Just flick it around the trees. And... It was amazing how well the sting worked. It flew. It was re- that the one drive where we said we were gonna we were just mix and match in holes, where it just kept going. I was like, "Holy cow, that's a disc!" But you figured out that it's a four. Well, I feel I feel like when we were breaking it down a little bit as well, because you don't throw a lot of backhand, you throw a lot of forehand. That yeah. seems a very ideal forehand disc. I meant forehand. Did I say backhand? Yeah, no. I meant forehand. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, no, maybe yeah. you didn't say it. I don't yeah. know. But what what I'm saying is, I think for you, because obviously, I when I started playing with you guys, you throw mainly forehand. Yeah. But I feel when eventually you get your backhand. The sting, how it was flying this week, and how you've got used to it, I feel like that's going to be a forehand disc. Kind of like what I was saying about the maestro for me, how I was throwing that madly uh, over the weekend at um, George uh, King George. I immediately was like, "Yeah, this feels like a forehand disc in the future as well." Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, absolutely brilliant disc, um, and it's that little forehand flick yeah. that's made me think it's a brilliant disc because. 
I didn't just do it. Sometimes you will throw a disc and it will go absolutely perfect. You, you plan it out in your head, you walk up, you throw it, it'd be absolutely perfect. You try and replicate that shot and then not be yeah. able to do it. I was able to replicate that shot with this thing. Yeah, time you were. And time and time, time and time, and time again. again this week. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I'm confident that when we go on Sunday, I'll be able to replicate it again if need be. Oof. Um, so, disc of the week. Still. Two discraft discs. Yeah, I was gonna say two discraft. Two discraft discs. discs. Um, I've got a lot of discraft in my bag. Yeah, though, I was so. gonna say. I think you're predominantly discraft now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do like latitude. Um, yes, I do like latitude. In fact. I, I haven't really got an issue with any disc golf company. No. Um, a lot of people have a lot of yeah. crap to say about disc golf UK, but the Baron is a solid putter, and I will not yeah. have anyone tell Actually, me Actually, to be honest, your brother was liking the Baron a little bit, wasn't he, yeah. to be honest? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, d- I can understand, like, honestly, I think it's down to personal preference. I'm, yeah. I'm a sucker for artwork and typography, so if you look at any of my discs in, the, in my bag, the majority of it is it's either got a cool name artwork or i just know it's a good disc yeah. so like for me getting like getting my i wanted a magician but i didn't but like throwing ben's cax around i immediately was like i'm getting a cax because i know they're swedish so i was like bright yellow yes let's go for the swedish flag that's incredible and a lot of the colors of the cax because most of the caxes are bright yellow and yeah quite bright oh 100 but the design it's just dull it's dull, but the plastic's amazing. Yeah. Like, I literally love Castaplast plastic. I okay. think... Castaplast I... need to put some decent vinyls on their discs. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's like, what we're saying here. I, I don't know. Honestly, I think... If you wanted to make your dream disc, I would say artwork from disc... Uh, artwork from Discmania, plastic from Plasticast, and then probably just the feel and the grip of Discmania. Not Discmania, sorry. Discraft. That's probably what I would say. Yeah. Just, I feel, I, I feel like everyone has their own personal preference when it comes to whatever. But like, you buy a disc just because you either have it in the bag because you know it's a thing. Like Dan and me were saying on the previous episode, the buzz. You need to own a buzz. I don't care what anyone tells you. If they say you shouldn't get one, they're wrong. The yeah. buzz is a ve- like the best way of describing it is like it's your best disc you'll ever have and you'll ever buy and i hate to say that out loud but it's true i threw it twice and i went and bought one that's how good it was yeah and the internet also says it's one of the best ones so the internet can't be a wrong place right and and richard (laughs) as well you know like um the first week he came i was determined to not i would say not give him the buzz but i didn't think to give him the buzz because it was in my bag i was using it yeah selfish yeah (laughs) The second week he came, I said to him, you know, take whatever you want out of the bag, and he just picked the buzz. Yeah. Because um, it's pink, and we all like a pink disc. Yes. Um, and he's fallen in love with it. It's a bloody good this disc. This week, again, <laughs> pick whatever disc you want. In fact, I didn't even say pick what disc you want. He just went, I'll have the mystery and the buzz, please. Mystery and the buzz. <laughs> he is throwing that mystery miles, which is great. It's yeah. so good to see that, as well. That's disc craft as well. Yep. Um, Champ- and is it? Yeah, champion, cha- champion plastic. Champion yeah. plastic. Yeah, he's liking that champion plastic feel. Yeah, like honestly, for for what we were saying about like getting our friends into disc golf and family members into disc golf, Rich has really taken to it, which is great to see. Because like you would like from the first week, like you could tell, like maybe mm, not so sure. I can understand it. And then a few towards the end, oh, I understand this, I understand this, to then 
the following week coming out and having a really good time and then this week you could just see it's like it's now becoming a thing like you know yeah. you could see the evolution step of it well, more than anything the last couple of weeks i've rang him always ringing midweek um, mm. and um, last couple of weeks i've actually said to him come in disc golf at the end of the week you know just check in Today, when I've rang him, I've not asked him that question because I'm just presume he is. Yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to presume he's going to join. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, as far as I know, he's like in in for the weeks now. Nice. You know, um, he's now becoming a staple. I like yeah. that. So that's four. You know. You know. That's pretty good. Four. Good number. Yeah. I think the, thing, the dream for me is getting two carloads over there. Yeah. Oh, like, like a proper like mixed doubles would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe four of us go around, follow the body of a four, and then we switch it up for a second yeah, round. Yeah, 100%. But the best thing about Rich is we're kind of like, he's coming into it quite nice. I think our other friends who are playing, who haven't, we haven't met with us yet, they're going to be spoiled rich because they're going to be, they're obviously listeners of this podcast and like we talk in our, our WhatsApp groups and stuff like that about it. Like, they're going to be like, oh, I would love to try that disc out. And then they go, oh, that's not for me. Or, oh, that one's really good. I like that one. And it's like we're kind of giving them, you know, you know, a little bites of the cookie, if you will. Just like, you know, you could try this disc out. You should maybe own this one. But then it's kind of cool to see where they go from there. Like, I know for a fact Rich is buying a mystery. I know that for a yeah. fact. Yeah. That's probably his first disc he's going to buy. Probably a Baron putter, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. I, th I think he might go artwork. I think when he starts looking at Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's, a, it's a bad, it's a bad, it's a bad, it's a bad, uh, you know, it's a loophole. It's, not, it's, it's, it's just, you go down a really dark path of, oh, that artwork's cool. And then, no, oh, no, I'm not throwing it well. And then you do throw it well and you're like, yeah, I did a good thing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just don't buy too many discs at the beginning. That's the one thing we said, wasn't it, at the beginning? Whilst we're reaching out to our listeners, if any of you ever do fancy meeting the disc heads and inviting us for a game at your local spot, drop us a comment. Um, oh, yeah, 100%. Once a month we go go a travelling. Um, obviously, if you're Scottish, I'll be A, shocked. But B, we'll I'll be shocked. Yeah. <laughs> but B, we're not just going to come down there on a Sunday. But It'll yeah. be a planned weekend. Yeah, probably. we'll come on a planned weekend, but yeah. yeah. Um, by all means um, so yeah wrapping it up um, next week we've got Ben back yes um, decided I'm not going to do a list of what we're going to talk about next Ooh. week um, no because I figured that things go wrong <laughs> things go wrong <laughs> I love that um, we are going to be hopefully if Ben's with us we are going to be talking about birdies and close calls um, yeah both me and Ben are now throwing a very close ace and them conversations probably come up. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't even talk about my Berg shot. Keeping that for next week. Keeping that for next week. Flipping love that shot. Jeez. Um, scared the... <laughs> I'm gonna, just going to let you know. Scared the <laughs> shit out of like two families having a picnic. <laughs> Could tell you that for a fact when that went in. Holy cow. Yeah. yeah so we're going to be discussing some <laughs> good shots and some positive yeah. vibes next week. Yeah. Um, we're also going to be having a chat next week um, about Bedworth. Um we're going to be, hope, hopefully, and this is all depends on... Well, me and you would definitely be doing this next yes. week. Yes, oh, definitely. Um, so we'd be talking about hole one or hole two, depends on how you look at it. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, so Bedworth removed hole one, so hole two is hole one. Yes. Um, and, yeah, we're going to be talking about that hole specifically. Um, okay. So, yeah, join us, yeah. Next, join us next week. More discounts. Yeah. See you guys in a bit. <laughs>